Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the H&H Hour. We're excited to be with you today. Hi, Heather. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Good. Well, my name is Heidi, and we are your hosts. If you are joining us for the very first time, we want to say welcome. And if you're one of our faithful returning listeners, thank you for being here. Um, Heather, I was super encouraged. I saw that some of our listeners left some fun feedback and some good ratings. Yeah. And I want to say thank you. Thanks for the shout out, friends. That's awesome. And hearing the stories of the last 10 years of your life, what what you were doing a decade ago was really fun. That was so fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, Some of our listeners were children or were like in middle school, which was fun to think about. You know, what's crazy is some of our listeners were children in our kids' ministry mm-hmm. a decade ago yep. in my kids' ministry. Yep. And now some of them are getting married or having babies mm-hmm. or all the things. And it is bizarre to think about so fun the to difference. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so Heather, we talk a lot about reading God's word and we've talked about the fact that God's word can be fun and that it can be um, just an experience that isn't have to be what a lot of people I think would think is boring. Right. And I was reading God's word, I think it was yesterday and um, maybe two days ago, and I read this story. Now, for most people, I think, if you talk about Samson in the Bible, I think most people have heard about Samson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Big, they know the story. Man, long yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. But there's an interesting part of Samson's story that I think gets overlooked Mm -hmm. because the whole Samson and Delilah story kind of takes center stage and we kind of forget the beginning stage of his life and what brought him and developed him into the man he ended up being before he married Delilah. His whole story is insane. It is just crazy. From the fact that he was told, his parents were told by the Lord not to cut his hair. Mm -hmm. So his hair was never cut, you know, until way later in his life to the fact that he, he, his strength was so powerful that he could literally take on an army of men by himself. Right. um, And he could kill a lion and with his bare hands and like Mm -hmm. all of these crazy, crazy, if any one of those things happened to one person today, it would be international news. Absolutely. For sure. So I'm reading in Judges. I was in Judges 13 and 14. And if you've not read the story of Samson recently, I would encourage you listeners to go read it. Yeah. Because it is it is the kind of stuff that movies are made about. Oh, blockbuster movie, for sure. And if they didn't tell you that it was from the Bible, you would just, like, it would be amazing. Right. You know, amazing scores. So I'm reading about it. Verse chapter 13 talks about the birth of Samson and, you know, God giving instruction to his parents. And then chapter 14 opens up and it starts to talk about Samson's first wife. Okay. Now, some people might not know that Samson had a wife before Delilah. Mm -hmm. And it says this, I'm going to read it to you. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. Okay. Demanding much? Great way to open a conversation. (laughs) Hey, mom, I think I'm falling in love. Get her for me. And I don't, maybe it's going to say this later on, but they weren't supposed to intermarry. It's going to. Okay. 
So it says, his father and mother objected. Mm. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry, they asked? Mm. Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me, with an exclamation mark. She looks good to me. His father and mother didn't realize the Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at the time. Wow. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards. At that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaw apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his father or his mother about it. When Samson arrived in Timnah, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. So pause there. He demands the wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder how often do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like we demand our way because we think it's best and we think it's good. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something interesting about that in the fact that I don't necessarily feel like his approach was right. Yeah. But yet God was still working in it. Right. So I think that to, to, to go, okay, God can work through our circumstances, mm-hmm. even if our heart condition is wrong. Yeah. Because I don't feel like his heart condition was probably great. Right. Even if that. our choices are not the best choices for our lives, God still can use them and will use them. Yes. So you, you jump down a little bit and it says later, he returned for the wedding. He turned off the path to look at the carcass of the lion and he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. He scooped some of the honey into his hands and he ate it along the way. He also gave some to his father and mother and they ate it, but he didn't tell them he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. Okay. My husband is a deer hunter and people are so funny. Like they will be eating a delicious venison burger and thinking it's the best thing on the planet or some (laughs) deer chili and thinking it's amazing. And then they find out it's deer meat. And they want to have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's why he didn't tell them, like, hey, I scooped this out of the guts of the lion. It's, it's kind of gross. It is kind of gross. It says, as his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party, as was con- custom for elite young men. So his family was well-to-do. Mm-hmm. They were important people. He was elite. When the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions. Samson said to them, let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I will give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear your riddle. Such guys, right? We can do this. No worries. Tell us the joke. We'll figure it out. The riddle. Yeah. So he says, Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they're still trying to figure out the riddle. And on the fourth day, they say to Samson's wife, entice your husband to explain the riddle for us, or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. Okay. Dramatic friends, (laughs) Right? Good friends. And he says, did you, they say, did you invite us to this party just to make us poor? And then as you fast forward, Samson and his wife end up getting in this bickering fest over the fact that she's wanting to know the riddle. And so Samson says to his wife, I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother. Not a super wise move to tell your brand new wife. 
I'm not telling you. I haven't even told my mom and dad. <laughs> no, I don't think he was the smartest. He says, why should I tell you? Okay, long story short, they bicker about it for the rest of the marriage celebration. They bicker over a riddle. And what struck me in this part of the story is the fact that this, what started as something really silly and minor, yeah, turned into something major. Explosive. Yes. And they end up, they end up convincing her, she ends up convincing him to tell her the riddle. She tells the riddle and it all explodes. Yeah. The story explodes and it ends up being this huge, huge to do. They get so upset at each other, Samson and his wife, that Samson, the Bible says it's so bad that Samson moves home to his parents' house (laughs) over a riddle. Wow. And she marries Samson's best man from their wedding. Wow. These are the stories that are in the Bible. It's like a soap opera. It really is. I mean, if it had been a soap opera, we wouldn't have been allowed to watch it, right? No, right. (laughs) Because it's too crazy. Right. But then this, when you go on to read in Judges 15, chapter 15, you find out that the woman and her father end up being burned to death. Hmm. All because of that bickering wow. over that riddle. Wow. And I guess my point is this. One, the Bible is very interesting. Yeah. If you just take time to read it and to soak in the stories and not just assume you know what it's going to say. Mm-hmm. Like some of you probably didn't know that Samson had a wife before Delilah mm-hmm. who ended up marrying Samson's best man. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy story. Um. But those are the the things in the Bible that make it come alive when you really go, man, that, how must he have felt that his wife is bickering over a silly riddle and ends up, it ruins their marriage. Right. It separates them. Right. Well, the and bickering. Obviously, he had some, he was pretty stubborn yeah. himself to not realize like, hey, this is just supposed to be funny. And right. this is supposed to be something that was going to be a joke for all my friends. And now it's turned into this giant mess. Right. But I think that is the point is how often do we all do that? Yeah. We take something that was supposed to perhaps be fun or funny or lighthearted and an offense is created. Yeah. And wounds happen because of, you know, this woman's like, tell me the riddle. He's like, I didn't even tell my mom and dad. Right. And there's this huge, you know, blow up situation We've all been there. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah, and it can start with the smallest thing. It can it can be in a marriage relationship. It can be in a parent relationship, in a friendship. Yep. In, in, in an argument or a discussion with a coworker. Yeah. No one is excluded yeah. from having the power to either create an offense with their words mm-hmm. or build someone up. Mm-hmm. And encourage them. And I love this from Ephesians 4. I remember hearing about this as a little girl. Mom when mom and dad would talk to us about this verse. Um, and this is uh, from the NIV version. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, mm. but only what is helpful for building others up 
And then listen to this part. It says, according to their needs, Hmm. that it may benefit those who listen. And I can remember when we would, you know, as little kids, we would bicker, we would fight. And, you know, mom would be like, no, no unwholesome talk. Hmm. What you're, those words that you're saying right now are not building up your sibling. They're not building and encouraging them. And um, I think there was even a song, which I'm not going to sing it, but there was a song we used to sing about building each other up and encouraging one another. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, But I think we, as adults, we need to think about that. Like what unwholesome talk, the Bible says, don't let any unwholesome talk. Right. You know, Heidi, we were sitting around last night. There's a group of us that you and I are both a part of. It's a group of five women, five five women. And our sole purpose for getting together is to encourage one another mm. and build each other up. Yeah, like a spiritual community. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's kind of it it's kind of known. It's kind of an unspoken that that's not a gossip fest. No. Like we don't get to come and be, well, this person and that person yeah. and my husband and we bring hard stuff mm-hmm. and we're able to hold each other accountable and to say like, Hey, I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. or how do I walk through this or help me with this? But the point of it is that we will talk about the Lord, mm-hmm. talk about what he's doing in our lives and encourage one another in right. that, whether it be something joyful and really awesome or something difficult that we are walking through. Yeah. And we've all been in different spots with that. And we have a, a wide age range. Yeah. So it's cool that we're in different seasons. Yeah. And I, we just had, we met last night, went out for dinner and I was so encouraged when I left because I've said this before on here and it might get taken a little bit wrong, but I'm not a huge fan of girls nights, Mm, just going out and hanging out with the girls. I mean, there's, yes, I like to have fun and I love to go out with my sisters and, but just there's this stigma in my mind around girls nights and Mm -hmm. it's just girls getting together and being gossipy and negative. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I've experienced yeah. some girls' nights. Yeah. And I leave not feeling encouraged. And so last night when I left, I was like, now that's a girl's night I can get behind yeah. because I left feeling the joy of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, was was with us and his presence was there. And um, it made me think about this first. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And so that means when you are speaking to your children. Yeah. That means when you're speaking to a friend that means when you're speaking to a friend about another friend. Right. Like, absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard not to say that thing because your flesh mm-hmm. wants to just jab a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? But we are called to, and I love that it says this, um, build others up according to their needs. Right. And I think so often when we talk, we talk to fulfill our own needs. Mm-hmm. It's about what makes me feel good or valued? Or what do I want you to know about me? And this verse is saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's saying, build them up according to their needs. What is it that they need to hear right now? What is it that your child needs to hear you say to them and speak into their life? What is it that your best friend needs to hear that they need right now? Not that you feel like saying. That's so good. Yeah. I recently very recently saw on social media that Bobby Houston, who is one of the incredible leaders spiritually of the global church. Yeah. She's a mama of the global church. Yeah. She's married to Brian Houston and they lead Hillsong worship or Hillsong church. And, um, it struck me as her friends were posting about her birthday and exhorting her and encouraging her. I saw three or four of them all make statements about the fact they said, 
Bobby, you always have words of encouragement. Mm. I've never heard you speak ill of someone. Mm. Wow. And these are women that are close to her. Like I've seen them have vacations together and girls nights together and be in conference together and be in intimate settings where they could have very easily had the opportunity to hear the raw and the ugly. Yeah. And for them to say on a public forum, yeah, that's amazing. I've never heard you speak ill of someone. I thought, what an incredible legacy. And that's probably in part why God has allowed her to be a mama of the church. Right. That's is right. because of her heart condition and the fact that she can control her tongue. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for us women mm-hmm. who sometimes we tend to process our emotions by getting it all out. Outwardly. Verbal. Yeah. And I'm not saying like suppress your emotions. That's not what I'm saying. But we think that by... Just if we think it, we need to say it and get yeah. it out. Yeah. I think we forget, like, who is this going to impact? How is it going to affect the relationship potentially? Yeah. And this example of Samson and his first wife, it ruined a marriage. Yeah. It ruined a family. It made dissension ab- among amongst nations. Yeah. It caused the wife, the young woman, and her husband to be burned to death because of the vengeful attitude that they had against the Philistines after that. Right. Like it's a big deal. Right. And so I think that as we, especially as parents, as we're teaching our kids, or if you are a a teacher with a classroom full of kids and you're teaching them like, hey guys, we don't bicker in this classroom. We do not argue with one another and we do not use negative words towards one another. You are helping build them up on a spiritual platform. Yeah. You know, that is potentially setting them up for success as adults. Right. Right. And I think, cause I'll, t- I'll tell my kids all the time, Hey guys, no bickering. Right. I use that word. I do too. I, I mean, we got that from mom. She yeah. would say that no bickering. You're not allowed to bicker in this house, but it doesn't mean no communication. Right. Because you could just shut down the bickering and just be like, you know, and that, that could send a message, just hold it all in. Right. And that's not what we're saying at all. It's teaching our kids and teaching people to learn how to communicate well with one another and even disagree with one another, mm-hmm. but do it in a loving way. Without the hatred. Does, without the hatred. Yeah. And Matthew 18 just gives us the perfect perfect instruction for this. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately mm-hmm. and point out the offense. Mm-hmm. Don't go on Facebook. Don't go to your mom. Don't go to your best friend. Don't even go to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Go to that person. Yeah. And I think often we um, go to other people with the like, well, I just need you to pray about this, or I need wisdom. I need some, I need some um, guidance on this. Not that there aren't times when you don't need wisdom and godly sure, counsel. Yeah. There absolutely are. But um, and then it says, if the other person listens and confesses, you've won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Um, If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. If he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Okay, so yeah, Yeah. which seems harsh. Yeah. Okay, but he's setting up this standard for what is expected for us as believers to communicate with people who we have a disagreement with. Right. Okay, first go to the person. If they don't listen and receive it, then take two or three more people. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me be very clear here. They still have not gone to their church leaders. Right. You do not need your church leaders to 
settle your disputes for you unless you've already tried to do it on your own and then taken two or three more trusted people with you. Right. It's the third option. Yeah. Okay. It's time that we as people stop relying on church leaders Mm -hmm. or leaders in our lives to do the heavy lifting for us. Absolutely. Because as a believer and a follower of Jesus, it is our responsibility. Yeah. And then he says, you know, if that doesn't work, treat them as pagan or outsiders. And that basically just means like, just be done with them. Yeah. Put boundaries up. They don't want to receive the reconciliation that you've asked for. And so it's okay to put boundaries up and say, okay, this person is no longer a part of my, my life. Yeah. And every situation looks different. Right. You know, there, there are some people that you can completely put those boundaries up and and remove them from your life, whether it means unfollowing them on social media or discontinuing to have conversations. And there are some that you can't, you know, when it's family. So um, I just think it's really important for us to acknowledge what the biblical mandate is for learning to communicate in disagreements with one another. Because it's inevitable as humans. It is. We are going to disagree. It is. And then on, on that on the other side of that is like, we get this opportunity. The Passions translation of the Ephesians 4 verse says, use your words as beautiful gifts, Mm. you know, to give to someone, to give away to Mm -hmm. people. And that really is so much power. You can give people beautiful gifts with the words that you say to them as you encourage them and build them up. And I can remember specific things that people have said to me over the years that I will never forget. They were, it was just one or two words and mm-hmm. I, I hold on to them and I remember yeah. those words that they spoke yeah. and how impactful they were to my life. It's so good. So yeah, be encouraged this week, no matter what tough situation you're in. I mean, I, I know that there are some tough situations that are going about. I've heard about some of them recently. Yeah. And so not discounting the fact that there are really hard things mm-hmm. and that offenses do happen and hurts do happen. Yeah. But don't let them destroy you. Yeah. Don't let them destroy your marriage. Um, and like you said, there are so many different situations that require different approaches. Yeah. And I think this applies to every relationship, just like we talked about. You can yeah. train your kids not to bicker with each other. You can train yourself not yeah. to bicker with your spouse. You right. can train others by the example that you set yep. in the words that come out of your mouth. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. So thanks for joining us today. If you've got any feedback for us or you want to tell us about some of your great approaches to avoiding bickering in your household, we would love to hear it. You can find us on Instagram at the H&H Hour. You can always email us at the H&H Hour at gmail.com. And we will chat with you next time. Bye.